Hi, I'm Peter Mullen from Mullen Natural Health Centre. Have you ever thought about coming to see a naturopath but weren't sure if we could help? Why not try our free 15-minute phone consultations? Call 4961-4075 or go to mullenhealth.com.au for details. Good topic today, why we should not eat red meat, gluten and dairy. That's right, Dave. Like we're midway through our three-week healthy habit challenge. So three of the foods that we recommend people don't consume for this three weeks at least is gluten, dairy and, and meat. We'll go more into why that's the case. For those who are just listening now and are thinking, what is this challenge? Can you just briefly bring us up to speed with it? Yes, Dave. Like what it is, it's a, it's a free 21-day healthy habits challenge. And it's a, an e-book that people can download from our Facebook page. And basically, it's a three-week clean eating meal plan with tips. There's um, nearly 200 recipes in it as well. So for anyone that um, – and what it is, the reason we do it every year is it's a great kickstart or reset to get your body – you know, lose a few kilos and get your body back in shape after the – you know, winter we tend to stodge up a little bit, you know, a bit more bread, um, a bit much red wine maybe. So um, the 21-day reset is really a great way to, to – really get back onto all those good healthy habits again. And Peter, those that are participating have got quite an interactive Facebook account there, haven't they? They've got that active. Yeah, we've got a, a, a Facebook group for the Healthy Habit Challenges and um, it's been great. People have really been getting on board and participating. Um, they've been really encouraging you know, on there as well. One lady volunteered to lend another lady a juicer. Mm-hmm. So it's actually been really lovely. It's a real sense of community. So um, if people want to know more about it, if they get onto our Facebook page, and then go to the Healthy Habits Challenge. They can like the link there, or they can just directly download the booklet. Right. Now, tell me also, where are you at at the moment? What week is it? We're in the middle of week two, just about. Okay. So nearly halfway halfway through. Are you happy with how it's progressing? Yeah, absolutely. I think we had – I was keen to get uh, maybe 1,000 people sign up, and I think we got 892 or 792, mm. 800 or 900 people that have you know joined that, joined that group. So it's been great. Now, as part of it, you're encouraging people, and this is what we're talking about today, not to eat red meat, gluten, and dairy. Yeah, yeah. and the idea is, like, we'll start with, start with the red meat. Um, I'm not against red meat. I think um, there's some fantastic, in Australia, we're so fortunate because a lot of our cattle is grass-fed. And, you know, the grass-fed, um, um, there's some organic sources around as well, but we don't do as much of the feed lotting as what they do in the States. And with the feedlots, basically, they, they, for the last stage of an animal's life, they put them in, in pens and feed them cereals and grains. The idea is to, to fatten them up and marble the fat through the meat. But um, basically, that brings a whole lot of health, health issues with it. Um, you know, sometimes they introduce antibiotics into the food, all sorts of things. So in Australia, generally, our meat's great because it is grass-fed. Mm-hmm. But um, there's certain places around where they really go a long way to sort of reduce chemicals and, and minimize any additives or preservatives or sprays. So grass-fed um, beef particularly and lamb, I think, is great in Australia. For the challenge, we sort of say to people not to have red meat because it is a bit harder for us to digest. And um, anyone that has trouble from a constipation point of view, I always say where red meat won't be good for them is if they're eating red meat and they're, if, they're not, if they're going to the toilet the next day but they're not getting rid of that residue and that residue is staying in there to another 24 hours to the next day, then, then red meat for that person is going to be a problem. So basically for everybody, we say for the three weeks, no red meat. It takes the pressure off the digestive system um, and it also removes 
all of those other red meats that aren't good for us as well. So, you know, our bacon and ham, um, our preserved meats. You know, the World Health Organization classifies a lot of the chemicals they use in preserving meats as being carcinogenic. So um, after the challenge, you know, we encourage people if they want to get back to eating good red meat to um, get back to eating good red meat, but to avoid, you know, sausages and frankfurts and salamis and all those processed red meats. Now, how does the body react to this when you stop having these foods? Well, look, it's interesting. You know, one of the big benefits of having um, red meat is is the iron as well as the quality protein. Um, but generally, because with the diet is a really nutrient-rich diet, you know, we're encouraging people to have fresh vegetable juices every day, basically salad, vegetables for lunch and dinner. So we're getting a lot of extra nutrition in there that, you know, people might not normally have. So mainly the the big difference we'd notice with cutting meat out for some people is that their digestion will feel a lot better. They may even be going to the toilet more regularly as well if meat was an issue for them. Okay. And, of course, uh, drinking a lot more water too? Yeah, we've encouraged encouraging people to do that because, again, certain like the, a lot of our foods do have a high water content, particularly our fruits, vegetables, and salad are you know sixty to eighty percent water. Things like um, cooked red meat, bread, cereals, and grains they don't have a big water content. They'll actually dehydrate us. So we remove those harder to digest foods, but again, try and encourage people to drink their two liters of water through the challenge as well and. And even that like makes a massive difference. Like dehydration is a massive difference with a, ma- a massive problem with patients that I see. So drinking more water definitely makes a difference. Okay. And what are you doing tonight? You've got something happening tonight? A question and answer session, I think. Actually, tonight for anyone out there that's maybe too shy to ring up on the radio, tonight I'm doing my first ever half hour question and answer session on gut health. Right. So if people would like to get on, and again, it's no charge, get on um, Facebook. Um, click on the link, share and tag and share. And um, if they've got any burning questions or a family member or friends have any burning questions on gut health, they can actually ask me a question and I'll answer it in real time. And that will be 7.30 tonight. Yeah, 7.30 tonight. Very okay. exciting. That is exciting, isn't it? It's taking it to a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and Dave, Dave, I definitely don't want you to be ringing up as... Mabel Cantankerous and oh. asking me difficult gut questions, if you don't mind. Oh, I, th- I thought I might. <laughs> I could make it interesting for you. You could make it very interesting. Okay. Now, some more tips as we talk about this. If we are doing away with the red meat, the gluten and the dairy, just for the challenge, yep. what else should we be mindful of? Uh, well, definitely, um, you know, the other things that we've also, and we'll talk more about gluten and dairy after this next section, but the other foods that we try and encourage people to cut out through the, through the 21 days is coffee. Right. And, you know, for a lot of people, I've I heard people stop breathing then and take a deep breath or take a deep breath. Um, stopping coffee can be quite a, you know, big thing to a lot of people. But it's an interesting experience to actually go without coffee and just see whether you do feel better. Mm. I haven't had coffee since September last year when the last time Hang we did on, this cleanse. I'll get you a cup. <laughs> um, but I can't believe, like, whenever I've stopped coffee, and I've done it a couple of times before and always gone back to it, but um, whenever I stop coffee, I always feel like my head's clearer, I feel calmer, and I've got more energy. And yet you'd think that you know when you're in the cycle of drinking coffee, that's you're craving it all the time. So we recommend for the 21 days no coffee, no alcohol. And again, it's amazing how something like alcohol creeps into your life that a lot of people drink alcohol every day. Mm. One or two glasses, and the experts sort of say that you know one or two glasses is okay, but you know, one glass of wine for women dramatically or quite significantly increases the risk of breast cancer. 
three to four drinks for men increases their risk of prostate cancer. So alcohol is one of those toxins that we shouldn't be having every day. So no caffeine, no alcohol, uh, and also sugar is the other big thing as well. And I had one of my clients come in after a few days um, of following the healthy eating plan, four days, and she's a lady that eats well, exercises, etc. She said after four days that she couldn't believe how much better she felt. And I said, what do you think made the difference for you? And she said, well, I've cut out the coffee. Um, I've cut out the dairy because my, and my sinuses are much less mucousy. But she said, I think it's the sugar. I think I was having more sugar than I thought, like mm. maybe some natural bars that had glucose and honey in it you know maybe not even in things like biscuits but in things like fruit juice that she might have been having or the flavored yogurt so cutting out the sugar your body starts to burn fat as a fuel or and and your energy levels tend to go up quite a bit so that's the other thing we sort of think is keeping off the sugar for the three weeks as well Health and well-being. Peter Mullen is here. We're continuing to talk about having a bit of a break from the red meat and let's talk about gluten if we have a break from that what will happen to our bodies well, Dave, gluten gluten's an interesting topic. Like, um, just wheat generally. You know, over the over the years, um, I've seen a lot of people with uh, irritable bowel symptoms and gut and digestive issues. And nearly every person that that I've seen that has had gut issues find that their symptoms have improved by cutting out the the wheat. So, gluten intolerance. Like, there's obviously the more serious form of problems with gluten is celiac disease. How does wheat go through the body? Does it break down easily? Or well, that's part is, of, is there that's some part complications? Of the, part of the challenge is that possibly with genetically modified wheat, where there's an increased lectin content, um, which and the reason that it's genetically modified is to make it more resistant to the bugs and the critters, but there's a concept that the, this genetically modifying, in, increasing the, the content of the lectin, which is a, a harder to digest um, component, that that actually may be called, may be partly responsible for why modern wheat is causing such gut issues. Mm. So, so celiac is the worst version, and celiac is a, an autoimmune condition, and again, it's ninety nine percent genetic. So you sort of got to inherit the gene for celiac, and that's that's kind of not what we're talking about today. What I'm talking about today is more a term called gluten intolerance, and. In gluten intolerance, there's a the the world leading expert on it is an Italian fellow. He believes that gluten possibly irritates everybody's gut wall, and what it does it it affects uh, an enzyme we produce called zonulin, and zonulin is responsible for opening or sealing the gaps between the cells in our gut wall. So there's the theory that gluten, in mimicking this zonulin or activating this zonulin, actually causes the gut wall to become more leaky. Oh, so, you know, okay. we've talked about leaky gut in the past. Yes, yes, yes. So for for a lot of people that have leaky gut, gluten is a major aggravator. Um, and I'll come back to this. Some other components, though, in wheat that can also give people gut symptoms. But so for the most part, focusing on gluten intolerance, so digestive issues, 10, you know, 10, 10 commonly overlooked problems that can relate to gluten are things like digestive issues, um, bloating, wind, bowel variability, heartburn, reflux, tired after meals, all of those sorts of things. Um, a little uh, little known sign of gluten intolerance is, you know people that get that chicken skin, mm. goosebumpy sort of skin on their upper yeah, arm? Yeah. They often hereditary have it their whole life. It's called keratosis pilaris, or I sort of think of it as, you know, when you're, you know, goosebumps, mm. you know, when your skin sort of, so it's like, it's not like folliculitis, like that. there's actually little bumps on that upper arm. So that can be due to um, someone that's got gluten intolerance. Oh. Because um, what happens is the, the gluten um, can interfere with the absorption of the um, 
uh, fat-soluble vitamins, and um, basically vitamin A deficiencies associated with that with that type of skin, uh, loss of energy or attention, and you know a common condition like because it's guts associated with so many other things. Some people that eat eat gluten and then get the bloating and the the digestive discomfort can end up with um, loss of energy or attention and what's called brain fog. Mm. So funny, but a lot of people that cut out cereals and grains generally, but particularly wheat, find their concentrations clearer. Um, autoimmune, you know, there's a strong connection between gut health and autoimmune and leaky gut. So right. again, if, if someone comes to see me and they're suffering from, say, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition, I'd recommend getting off the gluten. Um, there's been links to conditions such as anxiety and depression, uh, fertility, uh, migraines, and you know chronic fatigue fibromyalgia aches and pains you know one of my clients at the moment a young girl she was getting a lot of um pains in her knees and legs and there were sort of pains that would shift around all the time enough to have her in tears sometimes mm-hmm. when she cut wheat and gluten out of her diet her symptoms reduced by 80 percent still have some issues so yeah. there are all sorts of bizarre weird and wonderful symptoms but people don't realize that sometimes what they're just putting up with is due to this um, reactivity or food intolerance. You're listening to Health and Wellbeing with Peter Mullen. We're looking at what it's like to just do away with some red meat, some gluten, and also some dairy in our diet. Let's take a look at the changes and what can happen if we exclude dairy. Yes, Dave, and just a, just a point while we're talking about this, like it's not enough for someone to say, you know, cut out dairy, cut out gluten, cut out meat. I, I put it out there that if you've got digestive issues, it's worthwhile trialling cutting out these foods and just seeing for yourself if you feel better for it. And then what you do is you can introduce these foods back in and just see whether you can cope with them better after that or whether they continue to be a problem. Yeah. So I don't want people to think that I'm telling them what to do. Just have a do. break from them. For the have time. a break and just yeah. see if you feel better for it. But it is amazing the number of symptoms that will improve cutting out, cutting out gluten. Um, just before we get on to dairy, wheat also contains um, the latest – dietary approach for treating people with or helping people with IBS is called the FODMAP diet. Yes. And according to the principles of the FODMAP diet, wheat also contains a compound called fructans. And fructan, fructans are a large sugar type molecule that get fermented in the gut and cause a lot of bloating if they're not digested properly again. So some of the symptoms that people get when they eat wheat may actually be from the fructans as well as the, or as well as even more so than the gluten. So there's other compounds and things in wheat now that we find are more of a problem. And one of the reasons why our current wheat, for instance, like even when bread, with bread making practices these days, in the, in the old days or, or the artisan bakers, they'll ferment bread or dough for like 24 hours. And the idea is that the yeast may actually break down more of the glutens. So it makes it a more digestible, easier to digest product okay whereas a lot with a lot of the modern bread they're sort of turned over in a one hour or two hour fermenting mm. so you don't get that benefit of the yeast breaking down there so you know if you're eating bread if you're eating gluten bread buy the good quality stuff that's been you know fermented for 24 hours and then you know it's going to be easier easy on your gut easy on your digestion so dairy intolerance is the final the final stage and you know milk's milk's not a bad food it's been around for a long time um well, actually, not as long as we think, but like since refrigeration, it's been available to, to everyone. With dairy, and again, it's worthwhile trialing. Like so over the years, I've seen a lot of kids with ear infections, a lot of babies and infants. 
I always recommend to their mums to cut dairy out of their diet just for a two or three week period. Right. Again, we only we do it sensibly that you know they can see whether it makes a big difference with yeah. mucus production, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if we find for for younger kids particularly that dairy is a problem, there's a lot of great alternatives that we can try. I'll come back to those alternatives right. in a minute. So, again, dairy is a bit like like gluten. You know, it's worthwhile trialing if you've got conditions such as you know sinus asthma, eczema. Or hay fever, you know, I find dairy can often be a big contributor to those problems. And it's the protein in the dairy that's more likely to be the issue mm-hmm. that that person's having an immune response to. Dairy also contains lactose. So for some people, a lactose intolerance isn't actually an intolerance to lactose. It's a deficiency of lactase, which is an enzyme produced in the gut. So in lactose intolerance, it's because that sugar molecule can't be broken. Lactose is made up of glucose and galactose. Because it can't be broken down and absorbed, it ends up in the large bowel where it gets fermented by those bacteria, and that's what causes the bloating and the mm. diarrhea. So lactose actually comes under the FODMAP classification. It's a bit like fructan. So just kind of interesting. Yeah. But with uh, other immune conditions like you know sinus, asthma, eczema, and hay fever, it's not the lactose that's the problem. It's the protein in the milk. Um, a lot of kids can have intolerances to that protein, and that's why there's such a wide range of... Um, um, baby formulas on the market that are very low allergy. So signs and symptoms of a dairy intolerance can be um, lowered immunity because, again, if someone's reacting to something, one part of their immune system's revving up, the other part's compromised. So in kids, reoccurring colds and flus can be a sign of dairy intolerance. Um, sinus, nasal catarrh, excess mucus production anywhere, chest on the phlegm, phlegm on the chest, etc. Um, and then, of course, the gut or digestive symptoms as well. So Dairy, again, is one of those things that's worthwhile avoiding for that three-week period. Now, there's lots of great alternatives. Um, dairy alternatives, you, I, I'm still a fan of butter. Yes. Ghee's even better because it's ghee's clarified butter. It's butter that's been boiled, so there's even less likely to have dairy protein. Or um, So ghee's still okay. And alternatives to, to things like butter, if you want to get off the butter, is you know nut butters, hummus, tahini, Avocado, so there's plenty of great alternatives. Um, instead of cow's milk, you can try almond milk, um, some good quality fermented soy milks, oat or rice milks. Um, I often will try, if someone doesn't seem to be too bad with dairy, I recommend they try sheep's yogurt or sheep feta. And, you know, there's lots of sources for calcium in other foods as well. So main thing is, you know, to give, give those three things a go. Gluten, meat, and particularly yeah. while we're doing the Healthy Habits Challenge, yeah. give your body a rest. But then if you want to introduce them back in, by all means, test them and just see how your body responds. Okay. And, of course, you've got some blog and some details at mullenhealth.com.au. Well, the best thing people can do is download that free 21 Days yeah. Healthy Habits ebook. Get involved. Get involved. Yeah. Okay. So we're almost out of time. Thank you so much for today, as always. Thank you, Dave.